This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This is the besotted Pride of West London podcast and we're coming to you at the back end of easter easter's gone done finished end of story bunnies are gone all sorts of stuff are gone easter egg hunts everything like that it's all over we have been hunting for some points and we didn't quite get the points around easter so we're looking forward to the game on saturday we've got a game against wolverhampton wanderers and fingers crossed we can actually put things Right, my name is Billy Grant, and I'm sitting here in the virtual joint after going on a European tour. Brentford are going to be going on a European tour, but I thought I'm going to beat them to it. I've been away for the weekend, a long weekend. I'll talk about that in just a moment. I'm sitting here in the joint here with my chums. I've got Laney in the place. How are you? I'm good, mate. Yeah, I had a really nice Easter weekend, um, apart from the result. Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was all right. It was okay. The sun came out, and then the rain came. Um, yeah, it was. I had some chocolate. Had a few beers. Um, all, all was good. All is good in the world. Very good. And then we got a new bee in the house. We've been trying to get her on the podcast for absolute yonks. I've got to call her Dale, Taylor Dane. I've got to call her Taylor Dane. <laughs> Taylor D. Taylor, how you doing? Taylor Dawson, how you doing? Yeah, yeah. I'm all right. Enjoying the time off. Two tough results this weekend, but you know, as you said, looking forward. I'm being optimistic. Going to be positive about what's up. That's right. I mean, Easter weekend, how did that treat you? Did you get up to anything exciting? Uh, no. Went to visit some family. Kids absolutely stuffed themselves full of chocolate, as you would expect. Um, they're still picking through it now, so it'll probably be another week before they get through it all. That's right. Okay. So, I mean, and for me, Easter weekend, I actually went over to, uh, I went to, 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 I went over to Holland, actually, for the, for the Easter weekend. I actually forsake my uh, the bees on Saturday against Newcastle, which I was a little bit gutted about because I always like when Newcastle come down because they're a nice little friendly bunch of fans and everything like that. But I thought, actually, I've got my Barnet Panthers and we organised a tournament about a year ago and took 70 people, girls and parents and everything like that, over to Holland. And the first thing I did, of course, when you go to the Eurostar, 
Of course, you bump into a bees fan as well, okay? And he escorted us onto the train. He sorted us all out because Brentford fans are everywhere, like you know. And all the all the parents are actually like, Brentford fans are everywhere. I said, of course they are. So like you know, so went over two days tournament and holiday um, in tournament. The girls did really really well. And, and and tell you what was interesting about it as well, because like I said, it was a huge tournament. We we played for six matches over the days, you know, half an hour each match as well. So it's quite long, quite tiring, um, but. The, the, the nice thing about it is there's Brentford elements always come into everything that I do. And of course, one of the teams that we played was Thomas Frank's Brondby. <laughs> so we played Brondby and I sort of said to them, like, you know, ah, oh, Thomas Frank. I'm Thomas Frank's like our oh, friend of the podcast. And they're like, oh, friend of the podcast, besotted. Oh, yes, we know him. So we got mates with Brondby. So they're coming over actually next year as well. Thomas Frank's Brondby. So obviously we're going to get Thomas Frank to do that as well. We did all right against them. We drew against them. So um, we got through to the next round. And also on the Saturday night, I decided to go down to PSV as well. Like, you know, in Eindhoven. And of course, who they were playing? They were playing Excelsior, uh, and it was the Marinus Dijkhausen derby. The Brentford. So obviously, I had a little, a little, little join up with Marinus Dijkhausen. So it's like a bit of an old school uh, situation for me there, because you had the Bromby with the Thomas Frank, and you had the Marinus Dijkhausen with the Excelsior. They got absolutely slammed by PSV though as well. And I was talking to my, uh, to my, to my, 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 my Excelsior friends, and they were like going, "Oh yes, we're really happy. Marinus is back with us again. Marinus is back." And I was like, "Going, oh, very nice." But um, yeah. That was that was all good. I mean, Laney, you know, what I'd like to say is I actually got on first with the European tour. Are you jealous? Always, always jealous of a bit of travelling. If I'm honest, yeah. I mean, uh, any, any excuse to get away for me. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't think it was not very loyal to, to miss miss a Brentford game, though, Bill. I, I have to, yeah, tell you, you know. it, it kind of worked out quite well actually, because there were some PSV fans coming over. Who was a friend of one of our bees mates as well, and sort of they uh, they came over and they uh, they came over to the bees, and they managed to uh, uh, enable me to go to to PSV as well with my Barnet Panthers crew as well. So it kind of kind of worked out as well. I was feeling a pang of guilt. I did watch the game actually in the bar at Centre Parks where we were staying at you know <laughs> after the tournament had finished on the Saturday morning so that was uh, that was actually quite bizarre sort of sitting in and amongst the palm trees with my laptop watching you know Ivan Tony continuously miss penalties or not continuously miss penalties but that was actually quite bizarre but like I said to you you know the European tour honestly had a really really good time and it's a good place you know um, over, over in Holland it's, it's very different they're very very relaxed and uh, like I said to you, you know, it was uh, it was it was good. It was a good couple is, of days. Um, and is Mariner still eating fish with his hands, Bill? <laughs> I, I, I did talk. Let's tell them the story about eating fish with his hands. And uh, and uh, as, as we went out, like I said to you, when we took him out on his first day, I said to him, we took Mariner Steichhausen, who was the Excelsior manager at the time, came to Brentford, and we took him out on his very first day. And he, um, we took him to the pub down to the actually one over the eight by the river. Actually, lovely day. And then he just we bought him some fish and chips. <laughs> he ate fish with his hands. And I told people about that story and they still can't either you know, Dutch you know English whatever they still can't get their head around it no like, knife you know, and fork no, no wasn't interested at all was he no no he wasn't at all though no. but it's, it's interesting that I uh, said to you like you know going down to PSV it's very it's very different you know the one thing is um what, what is interesting is the fact that you know um, you can drink beer in the stadium and like I said to you it's the same thing like it is in Germany and and it does come back to that fact where you actually think to yourself if if we were allowed to have beer in the stadium um, and to, to, to be able to watch a game, is that an actual disaster? Because what I found was quite bizarre is that, you know, you go inside the stadium and there was, you know, this capacity, I think, is 35,000 at that stadium, or maybe even more like that. And I think it's pretty much sold out. And uh, 
I sat down in my seat and I thought, oh, I better go down and quickly get And I've gone downstairs to go and thought, I'll fight the queues. There's like literally no one there. Like, you know, they said, pick whichever beer you want. So I picked the beer, had a beer, sat down there, watched the game. And then I thought, oh, it's two minutes before half time. I better leg it down to beat the queues before the, all the beer people come in. And I legged it down to the queues. And there was no one in the queue. I was the only one there, the first one there. Just choose a beer, whichever one you want. I'm like, okay, then. So I had a beer. Then I had a look around, look at everybody. Still no one in the beer queue. Then I went over and got some food. And it was the first one in the food queue. It's like no one goes to games to actually kind of tuck right in like they do over in England. And I'm just wondering whether or not the reason why there is no beer in England watching the game is because we literally tuck in so much that they, 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 the capacity would be just too much if, if, if we had it, you know, all the way through and you could take it through the game. I mean, what do you think? I, I personally think it's a good idea that there isn't beer uh, in, during the game. I, I, as, as a personal view, I, I don't think it's because football fans can't be trusted, um, although there are some that can't. Um, but I just think it would be just chaos. It's, it's bad enough, like, standing up and sitting down and getting out of people's way all the time, going backwards and forwards to the toilet during the game and sort of, like, you know, people coming back late from the second half and getting there late after the kickoff and just getting out of everyone's way. But let alone backwards and forwards to the bar, coming back and spilling beer all over you. I mean, I don't know if you heard Clive Woodward, um, the the ex uh, England, uh, you know, rugby head coach, um, who had a bit of time at Southampton as well, I believe, um, DOF. Um, but he's complained about uh, Twickenham um, becoming the biggest pub basically in the world on a match day and people just carrying you know trays of beer backwards and forwards during the game no one getting behind the team everyone just getting smashed um he said it's it's, it's not good for the sport and i know it's not going to be quite the same at new griffin park but just want people to kind of watch the game there's enough time for a, a beer at half time before and afterwards so for me personally um you know i don't i don't think we need to change the rules Oh, and, and you, Taylor, I mean, what's your thoughts on uh, having a, 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 a wee swifty um, during the match? Um, similar to, to Laney, really. I don't, I don't think that it should be about football, band, football fans can't be trusted or things like that. Obviously, you get a handful that are going to you know, try and ruin it for others. But I think, by and large, I don't think that should be the issue. My biggest concern, to be honest, is what is it? This new like box park phenomenon where people just chuck their beers up in the air. And that seems to be like a thing. I can just imagine everyone stood in the West End. Someone decides that's going to be a good idea. Chuck it all up in the air. And I don't really want to be covered in beer. No, it's a good, good point. Yeah, man, I hear that. I mean, I go to, as you know, I go to England all over, all over the world. And, uh, and the one thing is that you can actually watch beer through uh, most international matches. And you can bring your beer to the game and you have it in front of you. And it doesn't seem to be an issue, and and it, and it is sort of much of a social thing. And also the other thing is that what you don't do, and I'm not trying to sell it to people here, is that what you do is you kind of get a pint, and then you sort of have it during the match, and then you sort of drink it, and then you you just you don't go out for your next pint till probably at half time or in the second half. But it's not one of those ones where you're there sitting down there thinking I've got to set seven pints while the game's going on. It's just one of those things that you have almost as a comforter while you're watching the game. So I, I hear your points of view, and I think they're very very valid. But like I said, it was quite interesting at PSV um, like I said to you you know and thanks to very much to Baz for sorting out the tickets like I said to you and the other Baz was down here watching Brentford as well and like I said to you you could have chosen
chosen a better game and maybe you were like the unlucky one, you know, whereas I brought you luck when I went to PSV as you, they were banging in the four goals against Excelsior. But like I said to you, and very proud of me, Barnet Panthers, like I said to you, European tour and we've got our international pennant total to over six now. We've played over six international teams. I've got all sorts of pennants in me in my front room now as well. And I'm going to do a cheeky one as well. Just quickly, I'm going to say to you, if you can do right barnetpanthers.com forward slash grassroots there's the grassroots awards just 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 award us just just nominate us the panthers barnetpanthers.com forward slash grassroots welcome to the pride of barnet panthers <laughs> podcast get <laughs> on with the brentford stuff london Come FA. On. just london FA and just do that for us as well we really really appreciate it because we've, we've only been going for a year and uh, and doing some great stuff and the girls are doing some really brilliant things so just 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 give them a nomination but anyway Forget the European tour, because this is what the link was. That's why I talked about Holland. Forget the European tour. We're actually all going on a North American tour Ooh. with Brentford. And uh, they've been chosen to, to play, I think, from the 23rd of July to the 30th of July. It's not only the Bees, but we've got Fulham, Villa, Newcastle, Brighton and Chelsea. And they're playing in all sorts of places in the North America, in America. They're playing in Philadelphia. They're playing um, in, well, New Jersey, which is New York, the, the Red Bull Stadium. They're playing down in Washington. They're playing in uh, uh, where is that? Atlanta. They're playing in Orlando. They're playing in all sorts of places. And Brentford have been chosen on this tour. They've got three matches they're playing. They're playing against Fulham. They're playing against Villa. And they're playing against Brighton. And it's caused quite a lot of excitement. And again, going back to when I was in Holland, I mean, I couldn't quite get the fervour that you guys had because I'm standing on a touchline kind of watching my girls play while people were pinging in going, oh my God, I can't believe Brentford on an American tour. I'm going here and buying tickets. And I couldn't quite get into it until about a day ago when I came back. But you got yourselves very excited, didn't you, Lainey? Me, yeah. I, I'm, I, I've been up for this since we got promoted to the to the top tier. Um, you know, it's, it's 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 part and parcel, isn't it, of of being being a Premiership club that you get invited to these weird and wonderful pre-season tours around the world. Uh, you know, like it or lump it. You know, some people, a lot of people say, you know, this it's just pure commercialism, pure greed that Man United go off here, there, and everywhere. Or the, some teams are in Australia, other teams are in the Far East. America seems to be a popular destination for for a lot as well. But you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy the experience, Bill. And um, I've always, you know, I've, I've travelled around the states a fair bit. Um, I've, I've I've not been on a road trip. I've been you know rail and I've been air and I've I've, I've done a lot. But um, I, I, this gives me a, a real good opportunity um, to to go stateside flying to New York or, or um, Philly um, and put some miles in it's going to be a you know a fairly fairly busy week because it's kind of a quite a lot of distance um, but uh, yeah if I can afford it that is I mean it's, the, the flights are really expensive um, and it's going to be a, a really expensive week it's going to be at least a 2,000 quid week I, I think at least you know unless it, that's even that's, it, that's even being kind of like you know a little bit sort of skin flinty but um, we'll see we'll see how it goes and if I, if I can afford it and um, I, you know I can afford the time away then I will but um, yeah I'm going to embrace it it should be good it should be really, really good some of the stadiums look incredible and, and Taylor as well and, and of course it's not the only reason why we brought Taylor on because Taylor we've been trying to get her on for quite a long time as well Taylor is from North America so she knows all about the North America in fact if anyone knows 
more about the North American tour than anybody else on the Besotted podcast. It's got to be Taylor. And uh, and Taylor as well is from Pittsburgh, which is relatively close to, and he says in American terms, to uh, to, Pitts, uh, to to Philadelphia as well. And I mean, and Taylor's going to, we're going to chat a little bit later actually about the North American tour. But Taylor's got a slightly different twist on this tour, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. I don't want to don't want to spoil it. Um, I'm I am genuinely really excited. There's a lot of people I know in the states. I've been on the um, you know American bees podcast, and you know the, the supporters they've got on there are really really lovely. And uh, I certainly am glad that they're very excited. I'm really glad they get this opportunity. But yeah, I've got a little bit of a different take on it, I guess. Oh, okay. We're gonna we get the controversial as it is. We'll look. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But tell you something before we talk about that. We need to go back to last weekend, the weekend that I wasn't actually at New Griffin Park because I was over in Holland watching PSV smash up Excelsior. But Lainey was, and Taylor was, yes. and they were checking it all out, and they're going to give us the full facts, but I did watch it, like I said to you, on my laptop in the middle of a jungle in Centre Parks. We're going to go away, we're going to have a little drink, we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about the Newcastle game. So Newcastle 2... Brentford one, or do it the other way around if you want to. If you want to be completely pinned, are you going to be a pedant, Laney? Always, mate. You know me. Yeah. Brentford one, Newcastle two is the is the way we say it in England. Sorry, mate. Sorry, Thank I, you. I, was dri- I was driving on the wrong side of the road because you mm. know Europe and all that. You know, um, mm. channel tunnel things. Anyway, um, Newcastle beat us basically. The one word I am going to use for this game and ask me if it's a fair enough phrase: frustrating. What do you reckon? Uh, yes, um, I, I'm still a bit baffled as to how we didn't get at least something out of that, if I'm, if I'm brutally honest with you. Uh, there was a, a period in the second half where New, Newcastle came into it. They, they did look pretty good and dangerous for, for that phase. Apart from that, I thought Brentford were the better team and I, think, I thought we were on top and we were on the front foot and we were trying to do the right things. Um, it was a game um, of VAR incidents. Um, it was a it was a game of weak refereeing. Um, it was a game where Ivan Tony missed a penalty, which you know something that was always going to happen at some stage. But as someone rightly said on the post match podcast, "Wish wish he'd done it when we were five nil up, um, not not at nil nil." Uh, I thought you know Newcastle were they were frustrating. I thought you know. There was a lot of shit housing going on, a lot of time wasting. Um, the the referee was was kind of listening to them a lot, um, and uh, there wasn't any bookings of note that where there were some some pretty nasty fouls going in. So yeah, it was a it was a it was it was a game where I thought Brentford were unlucky. Uh, I, I don't think we deserve to lose that game. But then there's probably games in the run that we've played probably worse than that and and got more out of. So you know it's 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 uh, it's 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 just football at this level. And Newcastle were were on and are on an incredible run of form. And uh, sometimes everything goes your way when when you are on that form. Yeah, and Taylor, I mean, two two losses as well, which is it's almost like a bit of a rarity, that isn't it? Because uh, I mean, last season, remember, 
this time last season, well, not this time, but probably about a month or so before that, you know, January and February, we were literally boom, bang, lost, bang, lost. And we were getting used to that. And if we got a draw, we were like, yay, we got a result out of that. But now it just goes to show you what a difference 12 months make because, like, we've got two losses back to back. And everyone's getting a little bit despondent, aren't they? Yeah, I think it, it feels a bit strange. We got so used to being on this incredible run that now it just almost feels like the balloons popped a little bit. And we've got to sort of get ourselves back up for it. I mean, even, um, you know, from from what I've heard, the the sort of support hasn't been quite as vociferous as it was while we were on that run. I think everyone's just sort of had to step back, take a breath a little bit and just realise that to have our first two back-to-back losses in April is incredible. We just got a bit spoiled, I think. So we're, uh, we've just got to resettle the nerves. I mean, looking at the losses, okay... Sometimes you you know you you have losses and uh, you think to be to be fair we deserve that or you realise that you're on a bit of a struggle and you 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 want to get one out of the bag but you don't get it out of the bag because you lose it anyway. But to me, you know this game in particular, you know okay you've got one loss. You think fair enough you've got one loss, but this game in particular you think we're going to get something. I mean, Lainey said we're going to get something out of it, and to me it's almost one of those things where you think I feel despondent that we lost. But I don't feel so bad because, to be quite honest with you, we should have got something out of it, if that makes sense. I mean, if we look at the stats on this one as well, we're not going to go into too much. I mean, um, Brentford got 2.54 XG as opposed to 1.20 for Newcastle. Now, admittedly, two of those, um, um, or, or 0.6 of that XG was actually penalties because Brentford got two penalties. Okay, and one of them that they missed and one of them they scored. So if you take that away, you know, the rest of that is going to be what they the chances that they created and the chances that they created after that, to be fair, weren't massive. We got probably 15 percenters at the most, 10 percent, 50. So one in 10, one in maybe eight, if you're lucky, would have gone in the back of the chances. So we weren't creating great chances. But the fact that we got those two penalties for a start, you know, you know, Tony scored that first penalty, then, you know, it would have, it would have, it would have had a different game. But then Newcastle, to be fair, didn't score that, that didn't create that much either. You know, they were roughly maybe 15, maybe 18, maybe 20% was the last, the, the biggest one. And their goal, actually, which was scored, <clears throat> I mean, that was Isaac, the score that he scored, 6% chance of that going in the back of the net. So listen, great that he scored, but it's not as if they that, that they were battering us with, 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 with opportunities. So I think that, that frustration hits. And I think the way that Thomas Frank normally works is... Normally, we we recently we've been getting a loss, and then we go okay, we got a loss. Then Thomas seems to fix it up. Then the second game we come out the traps and we actually look really good. We've got this loss, and then we've got a second loss off the back of it. Um, for me, and I'm not being sort of kind of gl- totally glass half full man, and I'm looking at the you know not looking at the negative side, but I'm just looking. It's one of those ones where you kind of just need to park that. Um, at the back of the bus and just just ignore it and move on to the next one because it's not as if there are major dangerous telltale signs that we are in trouble. Do you agree, Laney? Yeah, no, 100% agree with that. And, you know, you've got to look at the last three fixtures, Brighton, Man United, both away, Newcastle at home. Um, we've we've lost two narrowly by one goal. Uh, and there's, there, 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 there's a much maturity about us now where we don't look like the game's going to kind of really get away from us. You know, there was criticism, probably rightfully, that uh, we weren't ambitious enough up at, up at Old Trafford. 
but then you then see Man United go out and literally dismantle Everton. I know the, the scoreline wasn't a dismantling, but that was what I saw with my eyes before before the Newcastle game. You know, it could have been seven, six nil you know um, against Everton because United are a good team and we we didn't look that vulnerable you know we didn't then realise that Man United couldn't hit you know you know cow's ass with a banjo and we probably should have gone for it a little bit more but then you know we know that if Sharda takes that huge chance which he probably will on another day then we come away from Old Trafford with a point, and then it's Brighton a point, Man United with a point. Deserved, we deserved at least a point from Newcastle. Then we would be unbeaten in those three fine margins. And there, there are, there are big positives. You know, Sharda, um, he looks a proper star in the making. And I know people have said to me, "Oh, I'm not going to get carried away with the hype about him," but, but why not? You know, it's, it's it's quite rare that we see a, a new signing this good so soon, and we haven't put him in straight in the starting lineup. We kind of drip fed him into the team a little bit, but he is really fast. You know, to to leave the defender on his ass um, for that first penalty, uh, and he just sped away. I mean, his touch wasn't excellent but you know he, he caught the ball up he's so fast he can kind of reel in mistakes and if you if you realize he's only going to get better than that uh and he's in the german team it's, it's a remarkable bit of business we have to buy him in the summer yeah yeah and 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 also i mean i would ask you as well um i mean me and laney have got this thing where we try to shut anyone around us when we get a penalty from ivan tony from turning around and telling their colleague that they might be with that you know he's never missed a penalty you know they sort of, you know oh we got a penalty do you know we shut up don't say it like you know what I'm saying because it's almost like you know it's it's one of those things where you think at some stage uh, and and to be fair we managed to do that through the Fulham game so after the Fulham game it was almost like you know when he misses a penalty now let's just get that monkey off our back as as the phrase goes you know what I'm saying so for for me I always was thinking you know he's going to miss a penalty sometime and I'm sitting down there in centre parts with all my mates and around us it's quite funny actually you've got everyone was sitting on separate tables all watching separate games on their own iPads and their own laptops as well so there's all sorts of separate game action going on all of a sudden they're going, oh, I haven't you got a penalty and everyone's sort of kind of like crowded around my laptop sort of kind of looking for that and I wanted to say He's never, and then I just had to stop myself. And he said, "Oh, nothing." And then somebody else says, "Hey, Bill, has he? He's, he's never missed." But I said, "No, no, no, shut up! Don't say anything. It's going to be your fault, <laughs> you know." So, uh, but Taylor, I'm just going to wonder when he stepped up to take that penalty. Did you think he's not going to score? I mean, I never, I never assume he's not going to. But it sort of became this thing a little bit like what you said, where the longer the streak went on the more nervous I got every time he went to take one because it had to end sometime. It wasn't going to, it was not going to keep going forever. And I'm, I'm a little bit, I don't actually believe it, but I do do have like my own little superstition as well. Every time someone says that, I have to find a word I have to knock. So I do the thing where I knock on wood every time someone says he hasn't missed. Um, but I, I've started getting nervous. I'm not going to lie, probably over the last couple of months, just thinking, oh, it's gone on so long. Surely it can't keep going. It can't keep going. So I did almost sort of exhale when he missed almost. It was a really unfortunate point in the game for him to miss it, really unfortunate game for him to have that miss. But it sort of feels like right now I've reset. The second penalty he took was absolutely beautiful. And even the way he took it, it didn't seem like his normal penalty. So he didn't really get anything on it, didn't really make contact like he normally does. So even for him, it was a bit of an odd one. 
it wasn't just that the keeper did so well, I think. Um, but yeah, hopefully he's uh, sorted himself out. I'm glad he got one that he got to make so quickly after the miss as well. And I'm going to ask you, I mean, I mean you said that, you know, didn't get caught in the, the, I mean, the next question I'm going to ask you, and I'm going to be more blatant now, that basically, do you think it was a bit of a rubbish penalty? Yeah, it was shocking. It, yeah, and, <laughs> yeah, and, and, and there was in the beer garden um, back at the Express Tavern. I went to the Express Tavern after the game, actually. And um, there was, I won't name him, but he said, oh, oh, but it was, do you think, oh, what coincidence he misses against his old club, Newcastle? And I went, well, what do you mean by that? And he went, well, you know, that wasn't a normal Ivan Tony penalty. He, did, he, did he really try? I was like, what you honestly think? He tried, he in, like intentionally missed it. I said, oh, like, I'm not, I said, I don't want to talk about conspiracy theories. I said, well, what, a, what a load of nonsense. You know what I mean? It's, as if, you know, it was, it was, it was shit, let's be honest, you know, but it's, you know, he's been, he's been so good. Um, and just a, just a, just a one poor one out of 32 or whatever it is, consecutive ones. I don't know. 32 consecutive as well. And, and also, I mean, we've got the penalty that was missed. Um, but you know, for me, and this is probably the frustrating thing because in the first, you could say the first half, but you know, first twenty twenty five minutes were like that. We were actually I thought we were really dominant. We also we had a goal disallowed as well in that space of time, which was uh, again, it's one of those. Listen, we're not going to go on about VAR because it's no, it's no point having that conversation. It is what it is, but it was one of those frustrating VAR decisions where you sort of think, what's the point of that? Again, it's like the VAR scenario is it like, you know, if you're really affecting, you put the cameras into play, so putting the cameras into play means that you have to apply the rules. But my argument is that it's all about affecting decision. And, you know, VAR, as we said beforehand, is a, it, was, it was meant to stop goal hanging. And then it comes down to sort of kind of like the fine margins and all this kind of stuff. And then it comes down to that. And you sort of think that's just, that is a little bit of a frustrating one. Um, but we'd go into that one, you know, scoring that goal scoring the penalty and then scoring the penalty again and it's a completely different game isn't it Taylor? Yeah I mean I think you used the word frustrating to describe it I would have gone with unlucky which I think Laney mentioned as well it just seems like on another day that would have been onside on another day Ivan doesn't miss that penalty he connects with it fully it just seemed like all the little fine margins that do normally go our way because we did create so many good chances and things like that he just couldn't get anything to fall in that match and you, I mean, we, we can't have it both ways either, Bill. You know, you can't say boo VAR because the disallowed goal, and then boo boo VAR because the new every every Newcastle fan in the world is saying you know the second penalty when Rico gets taken out or or fouled isn't a penalty. And I can I I can see their, their I can see their their point of view there. And so VAR really really helped us out. So. You know, it, it is. It, I think it is swings and roundabouts over the season, and I, and I think when you do create as many good chances as us in and around, especially inside the area, you are going to get you are going to get like um, more and more brushes with VAR because it's just the way we play. And I, and, and I think you know, I think we've done all right out of it this season. The only one that really still galls me is that uh, you know the, the disallowed goal away at Fulham when Ivan Tony was about you know not even a kneecap I, I don't know what he was offside but you know um we, we've had others that do have have gone our way yeah so listen and you've heard listen you've heard what we've had to say we've ranted on a little bit but let's go back to saturday have a little listen to what the fans had to say in the stands after the game at the newcastle match 
didn't play very well on the whole. Two goals close together didn't help us out. Uh, another team I used to like that I now don't like, I think. Um, referee was poor, poor, weak. We gave them every single decision, I thought, but we didn't really create enough chances. Um, but play well overall. I mean, no, they're, they're, not, they're not top four for nothing, and they've got some good players, but we're a good team as well, really, and I'm very, very disappointed not to get a point out of that. I think we had a bad half hour in that second half where we let them back into the game, and they scored the goals they needed to get. They scored the goal that they needed to get. Uh, they are a, you know, they are a top four team. We are not far behind them, um, but I think they are up there with the Tottenham's of this world and they'll be battling out at the end of the year for the Champions League final Champions League plays. First of all, that was a really fantastic game of football. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Both teams were like going for it. That was really great. Uh, but I, I totally agree with you. I thought we was, matched them at least and probably should have won that game. I mean, is it the... The referee's decisions were all made by VAR. He made no decisions himself. It was, you know, and some of the decisions he was making were rubbish anyway. Uh, but yeah, great game of football. Uh, we were really, really good, I thought, through most of that game. They came out second half, really took it to us a little bit and got the two goals. I mean, it was just like unfortunate for us. Uh, they weren't brilliant. They were a top eight side. I'd agree with that. But uh, they, they're, not, they're not fantastic. And we gave them a brilliant game. I don't think we adapted to their tactical change quickly enough. And it's really difficult when you're defending against a team of giants at the back. You know, we put some really good balls in and they're so tall. It's just really difficult to be winning those balls. I think we deserve something from it. I think they're lucky to get away with a win. I'm upset, obviously, as, as, you, as you would be. But in the end, if you think about it, we've lost to the, 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 the three top teams. I mean, three, three clubs in the, in, the, in the top half. It's no disgrace, really. One thing I did like is the fact that when we do go one down, we're not, you know, kind of conceding or we're not kind of drawing into ourselves. We're, um, you know, going positive. We're going 4-3-3. Three, three. We're going, you know, for it. And, uh, yeah, we had a coast a couple of times there. But, yeah, we, you know, we're just not quite there yet. And the fact we're saying that about three games against three, you know, good sides, three sides you've spent a lot of money is, is really, really positive. So, you know, UBs. I think the first half was very poor. Uh, Brentford played better. And uh, we changed up a couple of things, uh, second half, and then we come out stronger, scored. And uh, yeah, that's what I thought, yeah. I think Brentford were overall better. Yeah, very happy. Uh, the first half, Brent Brentford were very good. I was a little bit concerned. Uh, the first penalty, definite. Second one, don't know about it. But uh, the second half, we brought Wilson on. Uh, in the Scouser, we've done not too bad, but Brentford a big side, physical side, but we're good, but so are we, but uh, hard game, hard fought, hard fought 2-1. Yeah, second half, it just seemed that first 10-15 minutes we didn't get in gear quite quick enough, um, and I'd, I'd ship the, um, the goals by then, but having said that, after, the, um, after that little weather to the storm, we got the subs on, uh, that made the difference I think, and um, yeah, it, we just didn't have enough to get quite over the line and get a point. Um, it was probably a lucky win for Newcastle, but when you're up there, that probably is what you get. So there you go, fans talking about the Newcastle game, and there's a lot of frustrations there, but at the end of the day, listen, the result is what it is, and we need to move on. Newcastle, Laney, uh, we're going to talk about them probably in a, in a little bit, slightly because they're going on an American, a USA tour as well. Um, but the fact is that they also could be going on a European tour at a level higher than we're pitching ourselves. 
Did you think that they looked European tour, higher level uh, quality on Saturday? No, I didn't. No, um, I, I, I've not been massively impressed with Newcastle in terms of their overall quality. They, they're, they're consistent. They, 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 they do possess some really good players. You know, um, you know that Isaac. He took his goal brilliantly, and you know this player. They, they have got, they have got a lot of good players. They've got a lot of average ones as well. Um, and, I, and, I, and I think that the table is slightly. Well, I don't, I don't, maybe this Premier League at, at that very top four level isn't as strong um, this season uh, because they're, they're in it. You know, Man United. Uh, they. They they're usually they're usually better. Chelsea are usually better. Um, so they, they probably you know would be down in sixth or seventh, closer to where you know ourselves and, and Brighton are than they currently are. And let's see you know as I keep saying nine month season. Let's see let's see how how it does pan out. But um, uh, no, I, I don't see that. I don't think they are top four quality. But that doesn't mean they won't finish there. Taylor, I definitely think they've got a chance of finishing there. Um, I think the the one thing about Newcastle is they they are very consistent and I think they've got the most clean sheets. So all they ever need is one goal, two goals. They don't ever need to to go out and put in these really high-scoring performances, which might not be the case in in European football. Um, One thing I found really, really telling was Thomas saying that they had planned specifically to be more in the fourth official's ear because they knew Newcastle were going to do it because they'd done it all, all season. So they specifically made a plan that they were going to sort of try and mitigate mitigate what Newcastle were doing there. Um, and you just see, you know, I, I'm not one to complain about sort of refereeing or anything like that, but you do see immediately every single time they just surround the referee. And I'm not sure that's the kind of thing you will get away with, whether they go to top four or not, but at some level in Europe. An interesting sort of link up there, because obviously you, you did the old mitigate um, is that a sort of is, is that a sort of sister to, to Watergate? Because I know you, you're from America and uh, we're going down to Washington uh, in a few months' time. Is it anything to do with that at all? Uh, no, not this time. As you say, I'm talking talking nonsense, Bill. Just you can say it if you want. I don't, I don't mind. <laughs> so, but anyway, listen. Talking about talking nonsense, he's talking absolute nonsense this week. We got JB with his facts and his funk, and he's got a special bumper Easter facts and funk session for us. And I tell you something. He's got some proper facts in his bag this week. We're going to go to JB to hear about his facts and his fun. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Are you ready for this? I told you it was coming. Who? JB. And he's ready to stock it to you one time. Uh, get it. 
Hello, Jonathan Birchall here again. Easter weekend in 2014 is remembered for the Alan Judge 30th minute penalty, which gave us a 1-0 win against Preston North End and saw us promoted to the championship. Probably less well remembered is that he was unsuccessful with another penalty in the second half. Before Saturday's game in Newcastle, that was the last time we'd had the same player, score and miss a penalty in the same match. Apart from the fact Ivan Tony actually missed the penalty, against his England colleague Nick Pope, who was in the same squad as Ivan back in September, it was our first miss seen at the GTEC in the competitive game. It was more unusual that it was the first of his two spot kicks which was missed, and the second one scored. Now typically it's the other way round where there's a miss in the game where we have two penalties awarded. Although by a strange coincidence, Tony did his miss then score. In this, our third season at the GTEC, Fred Pentland was our first ever player to miss then score in our third season at Griffin Park, back in 1907. Our previous penalty miss was Ollie Watkins against Millwall in the 3-2 win in October 2019. Since then, we'd scored all 32 penalties awarded, with Tony contributing 22. An unprecedented record in our history. More remarkable when the previous 32 had seen 17 scored and 15 missed. Another record which fell on Saturday was that we'd lost when scoring first. The 35 previous league and playoff games when we'd scored first, we hadn't lost. The last time we did was in a behind closed doors game in our promotion season in February 2021 in W12, where Ivan had also netted the first goal of the game. Despite awarding two penalties in a very competitive match with Newcastle, the referee made only two bookings on Saturday, which is the equal lowest at the GTEC this season, apart from the Chelsea game, where there were no entries in the referee's notebook at all. The home game with Wolves has seen the most so far, three for either side and a Wolves red card. So there you go, JB, Easter Facts and Funk. Uh, quite impressive, that. You know, obviously, you talk about the 32 consecutive, and then, but I'll tell you what, it's, it's the matching up of the penalties missed and scored, which is the thing that's kind of, I'm like, whoa, JB, you've literally got this, the, the supercomputer out this week, and you're just coming up with some super. I mean, that, I thought that's pretty mm. impressive, lady, didn't you? Mm. Well, we had this conversation in the pub. We need, we need this fact checked. We're, we, 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 we reckon, well, after six pints, that he makes, he makes it all up. I mean, I, I, I don't want to make a direct accusation to JB, not, not at Easter, but I'm not sure. I'm not convinced. Well, I am, but others aren't, that everything is as it seems. But, I mean, I mean I'm just putting it out there, Bill. Just putting it out there. <laughs> okay, but to be fair, we did. I think we had him on the podcast once, and we did challenge him, and, and he, he felt he, 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 he took it hard. He, just, he said, "Laney, what are you talking about?" You know, he spends hours. He spends hours in his supercomputer in his little room, like you know. His son's got a knock on the door. Said, "Dad, you've been in there for fifteen hours preparing for this one podcast where you've got one minute and ten seconds slot." And you've been here for 15 minutes, but, you know, and then you're coming inside here and disrespecting his no, information. No, I'm, I'm going to retract everything I just said. <laughs> <laughs> so you believe it all now? Yes. And yes. more. He's a genius, that man. He's yes. an absolute 
JB, funky genius, and we love him for it as well. So there you go, JB with his facts and files. Newcastle, Newcastle game. I um, just want to say, any, any any other information you want to throw in? Newcastle fans, good, bad. Uh, yeah, team? the fans were brilliant. Yeah, I, I have to say, yeah, they were. There was loads of them um, back in the pubs after the game, and they're a very knowledgeable, very respectful bunch. And uh, um, hold, hold a second, Laney. They, yes. they didn't. You said they didn't leave before the end. You know, did, no, did, there was no. There was no fire drill, no exodus, no no yeah. evacuation. No, they yeah. they stayed there and they clapped the team. Well, they won, didn't they? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. They they love us because they win here all the time. It's, it, we're in that phase of the relationship. You know, yeah. the minute we start beating them, they they won't like us so much. But yeah. Uh, yeah. so you say Liverpool don't like us as much. Is that right? No, well, you mm, well yeah, they weren't quite so friendly, were they? When they when they left the pub, you know, I think the I think the novelty had worn off a little. Talk about the novelty. We're not going to, I'll tell you, the novelty hasn't worn off about Brentford playing in the US, the North American tour, because we've not been there yet. So maybe it might wear off in about five seasons' time after we've done it five times. But we're actually going to go away, have a drink, we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about the Bees and the North American tour. So there you go. We're all going on a North American tour. A North American tour. A North American tour. Forget the European tour for now, because it may or may not happen. But we know something that is definitely happening is the North American tour. And uh, it's a good thing in a way, because to be honest with you, I mean, to be fair, and we've got a lot of American listeners. And the first thing that happened, as soon as this happened, my phone was pinging. And like I said to you, I was over in Holland by the side of a pitch, keeping my sort of kind of shouting my girls on to try and beat Brondby, whoever it was. And the phone was pinging with like Americans and English and everybody going, yeah. The tour is on. You're coming over. You're coming to Philadelphia. You're coming to Atlanta. And I'm just like, what the hell is going on? Everyone's gone absolutely bonkers about this. Now, obviously, the Americans are very, very excited because normally when you get a North American tour, you get your Man United and you get your Chelsea's and you get your Man City's and all that. And they all get very excited about that. But it's almost like they've gone, yeah, we're going to go left field, right? And we're going to get all the teams that basically, like, no one really likes, you know, but actually they do really like them because they're a bit cooler than the other teams because it's so obvious to invite Man United and all that kind of stuff. So the fact that they've invited Aston Villa alongside Brentford, alongside Brighton, alongside the F word as well, I think is pretty amazing. And it kind of makes me wonder what we're we doing here or what are they doing? And my brother who lives in Tallahassee, as you know, I go out to see him quite a lot in Florida. He only recently, in January, he went down to Tampa where they had their Premier League event. Uh, and what they do is they have two days where they just show loads of Premier League games and loads of people just turn up and they've got commentators and stars. I mean, Steve Guppy was down there, I think, down that weekend and all, all sorts of other people. And they just basically are just potty for Premier League football. And down there, there are Palace fans and Brentford fans and Norwich fans, even though they probably didn't realise that they weren't in the Premier League anymore, but they were still there. And all sorts of fans had turned up for the weekend. And it, I think it goes to show you that it's not necessarily all about your Man United and your Chelsea's and your Liverpool's. There are the way that Premier League now is, especially with the TV, which you know we talk about sometimes, and we sometimes we say we're not overly happy about that because it, it kind of it brings money in, but it, that, that can also have a, a negative in, uh, element on the game in the way that we love it because it just changes it. But on the other hand, we get loads of really good 
people who actually love our team and we've got loads of brilliant people who have started supporting our team within the last one or two years who are equally as passionate about the team as we are don't get to see it as much as we can do but they do in a way because they watch it on the tv when we can't and you have to sort of try and find a way as i did when i was not of watching it um in a different way but they do this every week so they probably know more about the actions and the movements of your ivan tony and yumbumo because they see week in and week out live and the replays and the and the commentary and everything like that stuff that we won't do so it's almost like we've fast-tracked a load of fans who are into our team and this is going to give them the opportunity to see our team play as well as any bees fans who can afford to and we're going to talk about it in a minute because it's very expensive to go over there so there is a lot of excitement about this isn't there laney yeah, there is. And, you know, I, I think pat ourselves on the back that we're, we've been invited and we're secure in our Premier League survival because, you know, Leeds were supposedly invited, but, you know, because of their predicament, um, they've been dropped. Uh, and I, I just think that you have to seize the moment, you know, carp DM and, and all of that. And um, you, you have to kind of embrace being in the Premier League and whatever comes your way by being successful. Uh, you know, I, I think our nearest experiences of, of travelling abroad um, was when we were involved in the Anglo-Italian in the early 90s and we kind of seized that moment as well. But this is on a, this is on a different level and it, it, it kind of raises the stature and the, and the magnitude of the, of the Brentford brand. That might sound a bit wanky, but it's, it's, it's true. You know, you, you, you can't... You can't um, have uh, a you know a, a, an early nineties late eighties mindset with with Brentford now because it, it's it's just you know it's, it's uh, there are people that I know that kind of are kind of hating this it's not it's not their Brentford anymore but you know this it is it is Brentford you know we think things are going to change and w- when we are successful in the top tier you know you, you've got to enjoy it and this is an opportunity to. To, to, to bring us more sustainably uh, you know our future in, in this at this level and more fans around the world and that's, that's not that's not to say we need to chase the, those fans above our own but uh, you know it's it's the more people that see us and our exciting players and our exciting style of play the better as far as I'm I'm concerned and bring it on mate Taylor you are from North America, you are from the USA, you are from Pittsburgh Steel City. Uh, you love football, you watch the bees as much as you can do, you don't live in London, but you still come down and you watch them play. Uh, your relatives obviously watch international football, they watch you know, British football, they watch soccer as it is, you know. Um, so, so, so the opportunity, you know, you, you know, for you to see them play, for your relative to see them play, for you, if you probably could afford it, which is going to be quite tough to go over to America to see them play, is massive. But you're you're not overly award, uh, overly awed with this one, are you? No, I mean, I think I'm I'm always focused on the sort of fan fan side of it, not necessarily the commercial side or the exposure side or something like that. And I think for the for the American fans and like you said, the people that can afford to go over there from from the UK and watch, I think it's great. Um, I'm genuinely happy that they get to go and see it. I mean, if I had had to move back for whatever reason and this kind of thing was going on, I'd be absolutely chuffed to bits with it. The thing that I guess I'm a bit more maybe not pessimistic, but I'm always a bit more 
unsure of motives sometimes uh, since being in the Premier League, especially. You know, I think my biggest concern is not that we're having this this amazing preseason tour in in the states. It's more, is that going to lead to something else? Is this the first step to playing actual meaningful league matches overseas? Game thirty nine. Exactly. I mean, this has been going on since two thousand eight, since the game thirty nine thing. Um, and you had a lot of really loud voices that did step up and sort of say, no, that's not all right. Um, Sir Alex Ferguson apparently um, was one of the big ones. But he's not He's not going to be here anymore. When you've got as many American owners as we now have in the Premier League, we've also got Burnley with American owners that are going to be coming up next season. So we've already got half, if not more, owners in the Premier League that are American, um, either minority or, or larger stakeholders. Um you know, you've got Bowley coming out with his remarks about we should learn way more things from American sports, talking about all-star games and tournaments for the for the bottom four and, and things like that. And I think if it if it keeps sort of going that way, if it does get to that point, if this is just sort of that step one, then I, I do worry about what it means for the people who have been going for 40, 50 years. You know, it's not fair for someone to buy a season ticket, for example, and lose a home game. It's a competitive disadvantage. Um when I said, obviously, I grew up as an American football fan. Um, I, I never watched watched football um, when I was growing up, except for the US women's team. And they've sort of looked at that NFL model, it almost seems, and said, oh, well, the NFL does it, and it makes a lot of money, so let's try that. Because the NFL, when they before they had the like sort of permanent London series, they started with pre-season games overseas as well. And they did that for, I don't know, about 20 years before they started doing the permanent overseas ones. So it's more of just a, not a don't enjoy it, not everyone that's excited, don't be excited. I'm excited for for all of the people that are going to get to go and see Brentford over there. But just sort of keep one eye on, does this, does this start a different journey? Yeah, I mean, you, you've got to take that on board. And, you know, I think the, the extra fixture abroad is, you know... Uh, we're right to be wary of that but i don't think that you know that that should stop um you know the the, the kind of the enjoyment of the participation this year it's, it's all new to us um there have been tours there's been there's been sort of organized uh um events around the world for for as far far back as i know you know my my business is sports publishing football publishing you know i've, I've I've done books on Aston Villa. We're there in the States. They're in. They're all around the world. You know, back in the seventies. This has been. This is always. This has always happened. Um, that, does, that doesn't mean we can't do that and fight. Uh, you know, fi- actual fixtures being played outside uh, the UK or away from home stadiums. Um, I think that's. You know, that's a fight we have to continue. And you know. I think the motives are also very clear here. You know, yes, there will be Brentford fans that want to go to these games, but you know, they, if, if they wanted English fans to to, to, to go on mass, they'd have this tournament in England. This this is really is a promotional tour, um, and you know, yes, it sh- there should be a, an affordable way, if possible, to get there. But it's it's always going to be expensive. So you know, I, I I think we have to keep that in check as well. It isn't really designed for us to be going there. It doesn't mean we won't go there, but you know, it, it's it's for the American fans to go and see Premier Premier League football 
being played double headers in big stadiums on their doorstep. So you know, let's let's be let's be kind of quite clear that um, if you do go, um, you know, we'll have a great time, I'm sure. But you know, it's uh, they're, they're not worried if we don't. Yeah, and and I think what's interesting, and I come back to this point about you know the teams that they've invited. Uh, I mean, I do find it quite interesting that there are quite a lot of teams going at the same time, but there's also quite a lot of teams. Um, going of a of a particular stature, and I'm not putting us down. I'm not putting Brighton down, but you know we've got teams of a particular stature going out there. Um, but then you still got your inverted commas probably headliners like uh, Chelsea and maybe sort of kind of Newcastle, even though Newcastle haven't you know been in the highest profile, but they've got quite a quite a large fan base, and it'll be interesting to see what they can pull abroad. And I'm just I'm just wondering whether or not they've kind of designed it in a way to try and kind of even try and bring bring the sort of kind of like the, the the middling teams in the Premier League to America right knowing that there's a bit of interest but actually because of okay like I work in the music industry right as you know and like you know there was this whole thing about bringing artists taking them out on tour when you took artists out on tour you put them out on tour put them in people's faces right especially if you knew that there was something going on that kind of sort of connection with, 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 with people, with fans, can take you to another level. Um, initially, major record labels were only interested in top lining, as we call it. So they basically took the biggest artists, put the money in, all into the biggest artists, and that's kind of who got all the, all the love. But then when all the street people came, all the people that knew about street music, who knew how to connect from street level and they were connecting at a lower level then what they would do is that they'd be connecting at a lower level then they got the opportunity to put their artists in front of people before you knew it they were turning up in these places and they were sort of selling them out when the promoters are thinking blimey you know normally I, I did a big artist to sell that but I'm actually getting these smaller artists who are selling it because they've done a lot of the work at the grassroots level and people were connecting them in a different way because they liked the, the, what, what they were singing or rapping about and they, they liked certain values about them which basically a lot of the, the, the mainstream the, the top levels didn't understand and I'm just wondering if there's like a connection here with football because we get a lot of fans who love the beast who said that we like the way that you've got sort of really kooky fans or you do this or you're not the same as these big level fans so you've got all this kind of happening on grassroots level and you've got people sort of you know in Atlanta you've got our Sparkati in Atlanta we've got our people up in it, it, up in, in Washington way up in Philly way over in LA who kind of are trying to pull people in telling them you know you should get into this team because they're very different from the other ones but all of a sudden this gives an opportunity for us to actually kind of land in their faces the team goes out there and plays and, and it kind of puts our personality in front of people which actually might make more people think actually tell you something I ain't interested in that Chelsea or that Liverpool I quite like that Brentford or that Brighton ain't he you, you say about the calibre of the teams though we're all top 10 you know and of, of the ones of, of the others that aren't going you know Man City um, Man United Arsenal uh Liverpool, Liverpool are going to Far East already. You know they they go they go a lot. They go and there's probably a huge amount of money in them doing that. Um, Man City um, uh, are in in Asia as well. I think with Bayern Munich and uh, Barcelona, Real Madrid. You know that's that's where they want to be. They want to they don't want to be playing Brighton and Brentford. They want to be playing you know the best in the world. so I, I think all the teams that have been invited uh, are top ten, um, and um, I, I think the calibre is really strong. I think it's I think it's only you say the calibre of the team because 
unexpected teams are in those positions this year. You know, Brighton, Brighton and Brentford wouldn't have been invited because we wouldn't have been anywhere near where we are in the league. So, yeah. you know, I, I think I think I think the standard of football will be good. Just um, coming back to it. I'm not talking about the standard of football. I'm talking about the traditional um, stature of a club. And when they go over, the, you know, the typical person that you know, the club that they will promote will be a Chelsea or a Man, you know, a Celtic mm. or a, all these clubs over there. These traditional, you know, as Leeds United say, we're a big club. Oh yeah, we're bigger than you. Blah, and all that kind of nonsense. You know, so you notice, by the way, Leeds, Leeds, Leeds haven't been invited. Have Leeds been invited? They were, but because they're probably going to get relegated, they've been uninvited. They, 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 well, I think Leeds would have taken more, don't you? Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. But you know what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is not it's not that. It's 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 more of the stature, and it's 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 almost like they're again using my music industry terms. When all of a sudden, you know, radio, all these people start to take punts on what weren't your top level. All of a sudden, people are going. Oh, that's that's pretty cool of them. That's we, we that's more like what we want to see. That it's almost like they're not going for the safe option, which we, they would always do. Which I would think is fine because yes, of course we're top ten. But the fact is that you still know that you know there's no way that you know more people will know about us in America than they'll know about Man United. That's just that's just a fact. You know what I'm saying? Or Arsenal, Liverpool. So all I'm trying to say to you is that I like the fact that you've got this kind of like this next tranche of teams who are going out there and it gives us an opportunity to kind of put our faces into the window and tell people exactly the bees are here. Oh, Christ, yes. Oh, yeah, Christ, yes. So, so listen, Lainey, I mean, look, you've seen, like I said to you, the flights have been quite expensive going mm. out there. I mean, just to let you know how the tour, the tour starts on the 22nd of uh, July in Philly. Okay, and uh, like I said to you, it starts in Philly on the 22nd of July. Then on the 23rd, the Bees are playing in Philly as well. So the day afterwards, so they've got a game and the Bees are playing Fulham um, in Philly for the earlier kickoff. The Newcastle playing Phil- uh, uh, Newcastle playing Villa later that day in Philadelphia. Okay, then after that, the Bees are going to be going down to Atlanta, where we've got the Atlanta Bees. Katie Jackson and her crew are going to be there. They are waiting to entertain the Bees that are going to Atlanta. Uh, and the Bees are playing Brighton then. Then there's a doubleheader. Then the Chelsea are playing Newcastle after that on the same day. So Chelsea are following us wherever we go. Is that, is that, is that right? Oh, yeah, <laughs> well, sort of, anyway. And then after that, on the 30th of Washington, uh, 30th of sun, Sunday the 30th in Washington, we have Aston Villa versus Brentford and then Chelsea versus Fulham. So, uh, so yeah, so quite interesting. And just to give you a little bit of feedback, Philly, when the Philly, I've actually been to the stadium in Philadelphia. I went there in, I think, 2014 or 2015 when uh, I landed in Miami and I found out Jamaica were playing Mexico in Philadelphia. And I said to my wife, do you fancy driving up to Philadelphia uh, to go see Jamaica? She went, all right then. So she spent ages driving up to Philadelphia with the kids saw Jamaica lose to Mexico in the Gold Cup final and then we drove all the way back as you do but I've been to the stadium it's called Lincoln's Field it's a massive stadium it's about 70,000 uh, it's quite an impressive stadium it's their um, American football stadium as well it's not the Sacra stadium because the the, um, the 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 Philly team actually play in a smaller about 80 a Griffin Park size stadium actually uh, it's, it's a bit of a pain to get to the stadium it's not massive pain but you know I think you've got to get metro and then you have to walk for ages and it's kind of one of those sort of edge of town places and there's not that many pl- things to do in the area if I remember rightly there's not loads of bars or anything like that it's got a massive car park because you know I remember there's loads of ticket out selling tickets for for the game when I was there and and so everyone drives down there into the car park so it's not in the best 
town bar places but you actually normally drink in town and then after you get yourselves out down to town to go to the stadium but yeah it's it's really worth philly is a really good city to go to though so it's definitely worth checking out so that's philly on the 23rd and uh, if you can't fly into philly because it's too dear you can actually take a plane to new york and then you take a train down which is the first thing to do and then it's a bit of a shame that brentford weren't playing in Washington afterwards actually because that would have been a really easy one from Philly to Washington as well because then it would have been an easy one but they're not they're playing down at Atlanta which is probably the hardest and the most expensive one of the games to get to but the thing about Atlanta as well is they're playing in the in the, the stadium of the NFL team play as well I think it's the Atlanta Falcons as well but also the MLS team which is Atlanta United play which uh, Katie Jackson is uh, one of the one of the crew that stands behind stands behind the goal with her drum and uh, because she because they do need a drum in Atlanta like, you know, we don't need a drum over here but they do but they do make a lot of noise and they've, they've got that sort of kind of ultra thing going on but also the stadium is the uh, it's the, what's it called it's the, the Mercedes-Benz Stadium and I've always wanted to go there it's got the retractable roof so like it's meant to have like a really wicked atmosphere inside there as well it's quite a big stadium so that's definitely worth checking out if you can go there and obviously because Katie the Atlanta Bee is there she will make sure that all bees are well and truly taken care of so if you want to get in touch with her you can get in touch with her through us the besotted or she might sort of post a tweet on the back of this podcast uh, tweet or whatever like that you can definitely get hold of her but you can contact as well if you want to get hold of her and then after that it's up to Washington for the uh, Aston Villa game and Washington I've actually never been to the stadium in Washington so I can't tell you that much about it um, but it's the uh, NFL it's a big stadium so it's not the soccer stadium again because uh, the Washington team again they play somewhere else where I think it's a 20,000 this is actually where the American team sometimes play and they play a few exhibition games and when Chelsea come over they play there I think it's about 65 or 75 thousand seventy seven seventy thousand stadium and like I said it's a slightly it's, it's in town but it's sort of slightly just on the on the on the edge of Washington it's not deep in town like the soccer stadium is which is right in the middle of Washington but like I said to you three games there which should be if you can afford it because it's not going to be cheap to go out there but it is an experience and also like I said to you there are quite a few Beast fans in America that you can go out there and you can hook up with so that is going to make it very exciting isn't it Laney? Yeah I, I, you know the more I look into the logistics I mean I've not, I've not I've not spent proper time doing it but I mean you know just the the thought of you know, getting a train from Philly down to uh, Atlanta, it's an overnighter, it's like a, a three, four o'clock in the afternoon out of, out of Philly and you wake up um, in Atlanta um, on the train watching, watching the American scenery go past is, is something that you know, I'd, I'd like to do I think, but you know, it's just down to finances and time really. I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll scope it out and if, if at all possible I'll, I'll be there even if it was for one or two games and not the whole three, but if you're going to go there you might as well go there if you know what I mean. Yeah, and, 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 and the question, I mean Taylor, I'm going to ask you, I mean we're playing Fulham in Philly uh, do you think Fulham will get battered everywhere they go? Absolutely, especially in my home state. I'll drink, I'll drink, I'll drink to that. I'll drink that to that. I'll drink all your Philly IPA beer thingies that we're going to be drinking when we get out there, which is all good. But listen, we'll be talking much more about the USA Tour. We'll part the European Tour for now. We'll be talking about the USA Tour a lot more. But before we talk about the USA Tour, we're going to have to talk about the Wolverhampton Tour because we're going to Wolverhampton on Saturday. We need to get our points total back on track because it's gone a little bit off-piste, actually. I didn't use the word juxtaposition, actually, did I, Taylor? 
No, no, check it in, check it in, mate. Doesn't okay, matter if it's right yeah, or not. I, I tell you, uh, there's a strange juxtaposition that I was uh, talking about the other day because the juxtaposition was was on the wrong side of the fence, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> right, I got it in. Thank you very much, you too. But anyway, coming back to juxtapositions, Wolves are in juxta wrong position in the league because actually they're not doing as well as they thought. But um, we're going to go up to Wolves on Saturday. We're going to talk about Wolves, but I'm going to go away have a little drink. My chum's going to have a little drink and they're going to come back and we're going to talk about Wolves. So, Wolverhampton Wanderers. We've been to Wolves now. It's really funny. We, we look back in history and, you know, I remember the time when I first went to Wolves Stadium and we were we played Wolves our very first game of the season when we got promoted after we beat Peterborough the year before. So it was when our first year in the championship, as it was in, was it 92, 93, was it? We played them in that first game of the season, which I think we narrowly lost. And then we went for a curry after the game. And that was at home. Then after that, we went to Wolves um, in the return match. And I remember going to their stadium and we were totally in awe of Wolverhampton Wanderers and their big team and their big stadium. And they were in the championship and we were there and all sorts of stuff. And we, we went there. And then, and then now... We've played them so many times. It's it's a, it's a different feeling playing Wolverhampton. We play them in the inverted commas third division loads. There was the battle between us. You know who's going to be first, who's going to be second. You know they ended up beating us to the title. And then we ended up going up as well. And then we were in the championship. We played each other loads, and we kind of overtook them as a better team. But then they ended up going up later. And they went up to the Premier League. And like I said to you, we've been there so many times, and it kind of got to a stage where it's like, oh, getting the walls again. You know, oh. Where's there to drink? Oh, I can't really drink because I don't really want you to drink anyway. And and it's just it's a bit of a sort of a bit of a strange game. Wolves it's, it's come with Brentford because that kind of novelty factor that we had has worn off. But saying that, they're still a big club, you know. Um, they've got some good players. They've got an interesting manager, you know, which we're going to hear from Dan as well from uh, from 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 uh, Wolves Fancast is going to talk as well about as well. And they're in a bit of a strange position. I mean, personally, I, I mean, I don't think they're going to be going down because I think that you know they've got too much in the in the can to go down. And also, we'll talk about that in a little bit. And also, there's too many clubs beneath them that are just really bad actually. So I don't think they've got any chance of going down. But Wolves are in a strange position because they're one of those clubs which are just they're almost like neither here nor there, aren't they, Taylor? Yeah, it's a bit of a weird one. They really overperformed last season, didn't they? And they were they were very near the the sort of upper end of the table, and then it just seems that sort of all of a sudden they've ended up. I mean, not fighting for survival because, like you, know, I don't think they they're in much danger of going down, but sort of floating around in that lower lower mid table. Um, I did see that at the end of last year they had uh, overperformed in the in the Justice League, as it were. So there was part of me that thought they might struggle a little bit more this year. But I think they've got too much going on. They've got too many talented players. They've got a much better sort of structure, it seems, than a lot of the clubs that are actually fighting fighting for their lives at the moment. So, yeah, there's no danger of them going down. But it's always a always an interesting one. You just never sort of know where they're going to end up. Yeah, we, we normally... You're right to say that we've played them a lot, and we've we've played them sort of pretty much in in all the divisions. But and, and Wolves have been up and down, haven't they? In in kind of like the recent history, they played in the bottom tier, and they went to they've been in the top. They've been in the top more than us, um, and we we played them played them on route um, back back to the top flight. And it's good to join them because we do we do okay against them really, uh, especially away from home. 
um, or, we, or, we, or, or we don't do too badly. It's not a place that we go to and, and kind of dread because we, we lose there all the time. So I, it's, it's a game that I don't really look forward to and, and it's nothing to do with, with, with the team or the, or the fans. It's, it's, it's the place. I, I, it's, not, it's not one that is really viable for, for, for away followers. There are, there are a few good pubs where you've always found a good pub, but... You know, as you said, Bill, it's kind of like it's a very away fan, not welcome kind of zone um, in in most of them. And the ones they all smell of bleach, and it's it's just it's a bit it's just I don't know. It's 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 not it's not it's not one of my favourite away days. Um, But saying that, I I I am looking forward to going on Saturday. Um, We'll we're going for a going for a little drive up in your electric. Um, bumper car again and um, we shall um, have a good day I, I imagine yeah we'll, we'll have a couple of couple of beers and um, bring home the points I hope that's right bring home the poets I mean uh, I mean Wolves are predicted to finish 13th on uh, 538 with 9% chance of relegation which is pretty low again if you're looking at the other teams where exactly where they're at you know you've got Southampton they're going to finish bottom, they believe, 31 points. Nottingham Forest, second bottom, 33 points. Leicester, third bottom, 34 points. Everton, fourth bottom, 35. And then you've still got Leeds, 37 uh, points. OK, and they're like going to finish fourth, fifth bottom, they reckon. And that's 20%, you know. You've got um, <clears throat> Everton, 42%. So, you know, the reality is, you know, listen, it could all go, you know, horribly wrong for Wolves. But, you know, they've got 9% at the moment chance of relegation. They've got teams below them that can't win for Toffee. For me, Toffee, you know, talk about Everton. Um, but, you know, but for me, this is a game where, uh, of course, they're going to be fighting for points. But also, on the, on the other hand, it's a really good opportunity for us to get back on track. Isn't it, Taylor? Yeah, I think so. The, th- the only thing that worries me is that, you know, it seems more recently that something with Wolves always seems to go a bit off the rails with us. So we had that insane match last year with the drone and... Rico's head split open and <laughs> it was all just the weirdest sort of experience so as long as it's calmer than that I think I think we'll do all right it's it's going to be a good a good one to sort of get back on track with you know we were talking about oh we've had these two losses but look you know who we've played where we've played so I think we should look at this as, as definitely an opportunity to play a good side they're not going to have Neves I think he's still suspended he's suspended for this one so hopefully that that bodes well. Okay, and listen, I mean, we chatted about this, but let's go over to Dan. He's just going to give us a little lowdown on Wolves. His Dan's from Wolves Fancast. He's going to give us a little lowdown on Wolverhampton Wanderers. Hello, you bees of the uh, Pride of West London podcast. It's little Dan here from the Wolves Fancast, the longest-running unofficial Wolves podcast going since 2007. The biggest news out of our channel recently is that we've organised a charity match to be played at Molyneux on the 2nd of June with uh, all fundraising going to the mental health charity Mind. It's a great charity out there. Hopefully, you guys at the Beast Sotted will be able to support us when we uh, post out our links on social media. Let's go over to the big uh, talking point. Obviously, Brentford away to Wolves this Saturday. Um, it's going to be a big game. Obviously, you guys are still chasing Europe. Wolves are still trying to uh, claw our way away from uh, the relegation zone. It's been a frustrating season for Wolves. Obviously, uh, we went into the World Cup break, bottom of the table. Uh, Bruno Lage has been sacked after a frustrating sort of 12 months. It went sort of pear shaped. Not long ago, not long after we beat you guys at the uh, your new stadium. Uh, last uh, January 2022, I think it was. It was a big day for 
for Wolves, a, a 2-1 win. Uh, one of the most enjoyable away days that I've had in the Premier League since we got promoted a few years ago. Kieran uh, Lopetegui has been decent for Wolves since he's come in. Obviously, uh, added a few players to his squad in, in the January transfer window with the likes of Craig Dawson coming from uh, Atletico Madrid, uh, West Ham United, um, Matthias Cunha from Atletico Madrid. Um, yeah, players like that. We've, uh, we've really kicked on since he's come in. We've had a bit of a different patch in the last couple of months uh, with results not going our way, which is why we're still heavy into the relegation battle. Uh, one of the talking points that I was asked to brief on was uh, your guys' chance of making the European Tour. I've just had a look at the, the league table and the fact that you've only won one game in the last six. I feel like you're just going to fall short this season, unfortunately. But going back to sort of four or five years ago when we were battling out in League One and uh, the Championship, it's, it's, it's really impressive how, how far you guys have come. Obviously, Wolves had a, a recent European tour, which got to the quarterfinals of the Europa League a few years back before the pandemic ruined everyone's lives. But who knows, maybe you can reach it this year. If not, you're still in a good position to keep uh, continuing on with the progress that Thomas Frank has brought into your club in recent years. Uh, in regards to Wolves squad, I mentioned the additions of uh, Craig Dawson and Matthias Cunha. This this summer looks like we're going to have a massive overhaul at Wolves with the likes of Jean Martinho, Nelson Semedo, Ruben Neves, uh, likely going to be exiting the, the doors at Molyneux. Hopefully we can keep Ruben Neves. There are ongoing talks, but He's one of those players that probably deserves to be playing European football week in, week out. So hopefully if, uh, we can get good money for him if he does decide to leave. Wolves' best game this season was our 3-0 victory at home to Liverpool. Obviously, you guys have had similar results in, in recent times. Obviously, the 4-0 win over Manchester United. For clubs like ourselves, it's always good to get one over the so-called big six. So, to beat those teams so comfortably the way that we did, it's great to see. Uh, the worst game for Wolves this season was our 4-0 home defeat against Leicester. It just really summed up where we were at the time. I think Bruno Large got sacked um, just before that game, and we were just a bit of a shambles from top to bottom. The, you know, the old stay and the fish rots from the head. It was clear that that moment that Wolves as a club were really dysfunctional, and we needed to just get to the World Cup break. Hopefully, within fighting chance of staying up, and obviously Hugh Lopetegui has come in since then and uh, done well. I'm hoping that Wolves don't get relegated this season. Hopefully, three points over the bees on uh, Saturday will give us a bit of comfort space going into the last seven league games of the season. Hopefully, uh, like I said, Wolves will win on Saturday. It will be a tough game. I'm not expecting a comfortable game both sides. I said to a mate earlier on today that hopefully we can get a, a win, but on another day we could easily get uh, stomped three or four by you guys because you have got some really impressive players. I'm not going to jump on Ivan Tony. Everyone knows the, the quality that lad brings. Obviously, he missed his first penalty uh, in sort of what feels about 2,000 years against Newcastle the weekend, but uh, comfortably we stepped up a few moments later to, uh, to, to score past Nick Pope. One of the players I am... Not looking forward to seeing, but I'm intrigued to see him play on Saturday. He's your new guy, Sharda. He looks electric and hopefully uh, he goes on to do good things for your club, but obviously not on Saturday. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to go 1-0 Wolves on Saturday, another close game. Uh, hope, you, hope you guys have a, a good day, apart from the football performance from your side. Enjoy yourselves in the Blue Brick and wherever else you drink. Hopefully we'll see you again next season, home and away. All the best, little Dan from the Wolves Fancast at wolvesfancast.co. So there you go, Dan, with a little lowdown on Wolverhampton Wanderers. Uh, the one, I think, the most important question because we've talked about Wolves, they've talked about their form, we've talked about certainly something. We'll just talk about them. They're they're good at protecting the lead. 
okay and that's apparently that's their main strength uh, but their weaknesses are finishing scoring chances aerial duels defending set pieces fouling fouling in dangerous areas defending against attacks down the wings and defending against long shots they like to attack down the right take long shots play with width they're aggressive and they play in their own half so lots for us to get our teeth into but for me i think the most important thing Laney, is are you going to get your eyebrows singed before the match by the fire burners? Oh yeah, that just baff- it baffles me. You know, how how's that how's that right? I just wasting all that. I don't know. I it, it's a nonsense. I mean, global warming. Global warming. Yeah, I, I know. Just I I, I hate that. I, I, I really warming. do. Yeah, it's almost as bad as drums, if you ask me. But yeah, <laughs> they, they 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 love it though. I mean, I. I but I, I, you know, I, I fully expect to see it. Yeah. I, if you I, don't understand what we're talking about, at the beginning of the game, basically, Wolverhampton have got these big sort of kind of massive candle fire burners, and if you walk out and you're not ready for it, you go there and all of a sudden they go, and you literally get your hair and your, your eyebrows singed and like you know and everything, and it's uh, it can be quite um quite daunting, isn't it? You scared, Bill? I'm scared actually. Yeah, I am. <laughs> yeah, at least I won't get my hair burnt there. You know what I'm saying? Which is all good. Well, that's where you lost. That's where you lost it. That's where it was. Uh, I'm still putting the, the, the case through. They, they, they're still being fast-tracked, you know. It's been about 20, 24 years and uh, hasn't really happened. But anyway, but um, like I said, Wolverhampton Wanderers, like I said, lots of opportunity there against them. Um, big game. Um, Ivan Tony, if he gets a penalty, does he take it, Lane? Yeah, of course. He's, he's, he's not going to be put off. He's, uh, he's, he's still the main man, you know. He's, every, he's always going to, as we said, and, you know, he was always going to miss one. He got straight back on the bike. He had some, you know, proper balls to do that. Um, yeah, he won't be phased by it. Yeah, come on, you beast. Yeah, and, t- and just quickly, just team-wise, I mean, Taylor, I mean, obviously the team that went out, you know, we t- we had. A, there's always a question as to whether or not Damsgaard's going to play, you know, you've got Justice Silva who's coming back out and he's, you know, starting to put, you know, put his stamp on the B-side, you know, you've got Yanel who is, mm, question mark, you know, what, what's happened to him, where do you see the team on Saturday, Taylor? Um, I think, I think Vito will, will come on probably as a sub, um, I don't think he's ready, ready to start yet um, at the moment. It's it's a really difficult one. I think I just really want to see Sharda again. He was properly just terrifying defenders. I mean, he's he's so fast. You know, the the tackle for that awarded us the penalty. It should have been a well timed tackle. He's just too fast. So he got there well late. And I think you can see those sort of one on ones that he's taking on. I feel like he's gaining his confidence a bit more. And Brian, absolutely bless him, has been working his socks off this season. And it's nothing necessarily to do with his form. I think he could just use a bit of a break. So I would be very, very happy to see Kevin Shardo back in the starting lineup for this one. Okay. And just let's, let's go around the table. School prediction, Laney. Uh, I'm going to go for a 2 2 draw. Oh, Desmond, 2 2. And Taylor Dane. Uh, I'm going to go 2 1 Bs. Oh, 2 1 Bs. And I'm going to go for the result that I still haven't got yet. 2-0 to the mighty, mighty bees. And fingers crossed my horse might actually come in this time. So it's all good. So listen, it's been brilliant having Taylor Day in the the room with us. Nice one, Taylor. 
nice one which is all good this is the besotted pride of west london podcast do not forget to subscribe to us and subscribe uh, and also just write some reviews everywhere that we go everywhere we go just write us a review also don't forget to buy us a beer besotted.com forward slash beer also besotted.com forward slash global is our global community as it is um, don't forget to like i said to you to just tune in we will have a post-match podcast after the game as we always do you'll hear what the fans had to say straight after the match we'll try and get up as quickly as possible uh, what else have we got? What else have we got? We got that's, that's, that's about it, isn't it, Laney? We've got we got everything. We got everything in the house. We're like looking forward to you. So, sorry, mate. You just caught me looking at um, uh, train and coach between Philadelphia and, and Atlanta. <laughs> oh, there, there you go. Yeah. 60, 60 quid, sixteen uh, hours overnighter. Yeah. Bring that's it on. Right. There you go. Bring on the Greyhound. Bring on the Red Bus. Bring them all on. Like I said to you, Amtrak information. Yeah. And also, don't forget, we've got the USA Bees uh, who are on Twitter as well, and they'll be able to give you lots and lots and lots of information on Brentford. So definitely go and check them out. And also, there's also just US Brentford fans who are also very happy to give you the information, and we can just link you up with them. And they can, if they just tweet on the back, 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 back of all, any of these podcast tweets as well, and just put the names down there, and you can say, listen, I'm happy to give you information. Then you should link them for sure. Have you said um, have you said buy us a beer yet? I have said buy us a beer. Oh, okay. Besotted.com slash beer. But there you go again, Laney, you've said it again. But anyway, Besotted Pride of West London podcast. I've had a good week. As you can see, I'm still tired and I'm still bumbling after my trip away <laughs> to Holland. You guys, it's been really good having a chat with you about Brentford. Fingers crossed we'll be getting the points on Saturday. But as we can say, we're going to win. Come on, you bees. Come on, you bees. Let's beat the Wanderers. You bees. You bees. You bees. Taylor, you bees. You bees. Oh, it's a bit late there. So it's five, five hours behind, isn't it? Gently. <laughs> <laughs> The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.